0: guitar bursts onto the calendar with a myriad of surprises, not least that you can overtake if you have the tyres. But with today's failures, that's less than guaranteed. Uh, welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. Hosting today will be me, Owen Medford, and joining me are Tom Horrocks from the Monkey Seat podcast. Hello. Uh, Philip Matthew from the Grip Strip podcast. Hello. And F1 expert, Sam, Sam Thatcher. Hello. Uh How today we'll be giving our analysis and reaction to the Qatar Grand Prix. Um before I get into the full show, I'd like to give a shout out to our wonderful review from uh let me get this right, Drew1548. Uh so thank you for that five-star review. Uh some lovely kind words there. Uh, if you'd like to get a shout out at the top of the next show, please give please take five to give us a five-star review. Uh, we're now streaming, streaming the show live on YouTube, so be sure to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Formula One Grid Talk. And ring the bell icon so that you're notified of future shows. Um, so it was a pretty commanding win for Lewis Hamilton. Um, even Max Verstappen didn't look like he was going to get anywhere near him. Yeah. I think uh, I'll start with you, Sam. Um, it's just cool. yeah. you know, it's it's uh, it was kind of you know what with uh, Max Verstappen's five place grid drop. Uh, it's very, I think it's surprising to have even seen Max Verstappen anywhere near the top three at this point.
1: Yeah, no. Um, of course, that decision came very close to the start of the race. Um, to the FIA quite a long time to come to that decision, along with the the other. Uh, penalties but uh, no we just we saw what uh, Lewis did in Brazil by just siding through the field and we saw the level that both of these guys are on um, Max cutting through the cars he had to pretty much straight away and by what lap three or four he was already behind Lewis but then that was a, an already four second gap by that point so there was no chance of him really having any chance of the win today um, so yeah it was a commanding display from Lewis and um, and that's throwing, what's that, eight points behind Max in the title, which means it is it is likely going to go to Abu Dhabi. But I think we saw today um, the fact that these two guys are clearly uh, a level above from like the rest of the game, really because they were lapping like one or two seconds faster than everyone else on the field. Um, so, yeah, no, yeah, commanding display from Lewis. Um, yeah, it wasn't a, wasn't a race that was, yeah, I don't know, well, the race was okay at the end. Um, it wasn't a great race up until then yeah as you said a commanding display
0: from uh, Lewis once again yeah uh, really good work from Lewis Hamilton obviously there you know got it on pole and, and just kind of romped away with it but by the fastest mm-hmm. lap um chasing up though was uh chasing up though for was uh, Fernando Alonso um ridiculously good performance bearing in mind that Sergio Perez got up there and uh, got uh, sort of you know started from 12th and was very 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 quick um would you say it's maybe a lucky result for Fernando?
2: I don't think so, uh, Owen. I think he had the pace. He was in a very, very good spirits the whole weekend. He enjoyed the track. This is the Fernando Alonso of old. this This weekend, you know, he seemed loose, seemed very engaged, and he knew from and in qualifying, he had great pace. He was in there in Q three and uh, soft tires. I think really the only other car that was faster than him was Gasly and we'll talk about the nonsense that happened with them later but the Alpine team managed their strategy very well Um, they had their focus they wanted I mean Fernando wanted to get Lewis and get him in turn one which is which was fine in his mind and he made a very good start and got ahead of Gasly and basically was able to dictate his part of the race and then it also basically set a whole chain reaction of events for Alpine to go and gain 25 points in the Constructors' Championship uh, after coming in level with Alpha Tori this weekend and both Alpha Tori's being in the top 10 or being up there to start the race. So one of the best performances Fernando's had in his return, uh, one driver of the day, and I... I th- this Fernando Alonso, if this is the what the kind of productivity and 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 the pace and the whole thing, it brings it harkens back to um, his heyday, and it also kind of gives hope if uh, Alpine have a good car for next year for him to go and battle the likes of Hamilton, Verstappen, and others that might have pace. But um, it was great to see Fernando Alonso uh, finish third. Um, Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you could say, well, I think the one lucky thing, if you're going to talk about luck, was the VSC. Because if the VSC doesn't come out there for Latifi, it's possible we might have had another failure and it might have been on Alonso's car. In the end, they ran two laps basically under VSC and that more or less saved whatever. But it didn't sound like the Alpine was having as big of an issue. With their left front tires, as some of the other teams did. But I mean, honestly, it's just cool to see one of the one of the great Formula One greats, a former world champion, get back on the podium for the first time in seven years, which is crazy to think. But of course, he's had a couple of spells being out of the sport too. So um, great to see it. It's cool, um, and Alpine probably has just won themselves that position in the constructors' championship, barring some miracle happening in the next two races.
0: Yeah, it's now quite a large gap between, uh, Alpine and AlphaTauri. Tori. Um, next, um, we have a driver who's normally very, pretty good at managing his tires. Um, and now he's, st- I, I said he started 12th. He actually started 11 with the way the grid penalties um, played out and things like that. Uh, but to, uh, fourth place for Sergio Perez, that's basically completely unexpected, uh, with the people that were uh, in front of him at the start of the race, Tom.
3: Well, yeah, I think though that with the second best car and starting where he did, fourth place uh, on the on the face of it would have been what he would have been looking for. But it'd uh, be disappointed to see that uh, um, obviously with Bottas out, that he's finished behind an Alpine. So that's uh, that's definitely not really in the script for the weekend. I, I think that the strategy didn't help. He seemed to have the pace to to challenge those guys up there without the, the need for this second stop. We know. We know how good Perez is with his tyres, and you know some some drivers did make the one stop work, and um, obviously Norris was unlucky with with his. Given you know he he stopped so late, I thought he'd be the one that would be able to get to the end. But but uh, certainly Perez, with the way that he looks after tyres, a one stop certainly would have worked. It looked like. Bottas was going to make it work on a one-stop so why Perez needed to I have absolutely no idea and I think in the end you know he was he was right there with Fernando Alonso on track and then the strategy just put him behind and uh, I don't think he would have caught him even without the VSC he may have kind of just got onto his back end but I'm not entirely convinced that he would have uh he would have passed him even without the virtual safety car so for me that's that's a bit of an own goal from Red Bull it's not going to make a huge difference in the in the championship um from there uh, especially with Bottas not scoring it still helped them overall so um but yeah overall I, I was I was a little bit disappointed but great overtaking from Checo he had a he had a really strong race from his side of things but unfortunately I think his team have let him down a little bit with his strategy today
0: yeah it seems a, a little bit like a sort of a swing and a miss there uh, you know copying everything Max did it put them a little bit far behind um after that we've got the other uh, the other Alpine driver uh, Esteban Ocon um I think you know as we've said just you know a couple of seconds ago it's it's basically solidified alpine renault's um thing of the championship but i'm i'm it, uh, you know it's, it's 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 a solid drive from Esteban there and uh you know even even uh sort of tried to help hold off sergio Perez in a much quicker red bull didn't he sam
1: yeah yeah um so Esteban was uh one of the people that did um that, uh tried the one stop coming in around lap 24 I believe so yeah he took those tires quite a long way uh, to the end um around like 30 something laps um so yeah it was a good drive for mesterban um he's always one of those people that kind of goes a little bit under the radar you don't really hear too much about him um other than his winning hungry this year um but um I think uh, I think he's uh, he's had a good season um definitely improved from last year. Um, but yeah, as you said, um, did some good defending against Perez to kind of delay him a bit in his um, pursuit of Alonso. So yeah, he might have saved, um, might have held up Perez a couple more seconds um, than he kind of, should, kind of should have done because he can't really do much more than he did. I um, mean, we saw that was one of the only kind of really battles on track I remember like going for quite a few corners other than the first corner. I don't really remember my, many other battles around the track that went into the middle of the lap as well. So that was good to see. Um, so, yeah, no, yeah. A decent drive from him. Um, and as you said, there's now about 25 or so points um, between Alpine and Alpha Tauri. So, and they're not, they're not going to get anywhere near McLaren. So, yeah, I'd say that, that's pretty much Sutherland 5th, as we said earlier, unless, unless Alpha Tauri can somehow pull, pull another magic trick out of the hat and uh, win one of the last few races, which I really don't see happening.
0: Yeah, you say it doesn't see it happening, but uh, I'll be honest. If anything, I've I've been taught anything in this formula one is just, you're going to get uh, some car that doesn't deserve to be there up in the top ten or even in the top three. Um, now we've got Lance Stroll, and I think Lance Stroll Phil, would be almost a uh, someone that you could you could kind of say would like he, he's sort of showing where Bottas could have been if Bottas hadn't had uh, had the issues that he did. Um, it's a really good drive there
2: from, uh, from Aston Martin, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, considering they didn't have outright pace this weekend, they were behind some of these other midfield teams um, in in certain areas. I mean, they were able to benefit from Ferrari struggles, McLaren struggles uh, this weekend, but Ferrari was able to recover to a point. Um, the one stop actually seemed to work out for Stroll, and uh, he maximized uh, his his race. Unfortunately for Vettel, uh, the strategy on the other side didn't work out so well. Um, but, you know, for, for Aston, they're basically locked into their um, spot in, in seventh in the constructors, so they're just kind of running their own race. Um, for Stroll to get one of his better finishes of the year is good. Uh, it's more of consolidation just to get towards the end of the year and move towards what a a new, the new formula for them. And, but for him relative to what he is, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good, uh, performance, uh, top 10 that team has struggled at times this year to even be in the top 10, um, not only in qualifying, but in the races too. So, um, they maximized their situation here today and, uh. Got a got as many points as they could, at least in one end of the um uh Aston Martin Garage.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, to maximized the points, got the majority of them. Um after that, uh we've got you know, vital for the constructors' battle, basically. We've got uh, we've got the two Ferraris, got Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc, uh Tom. Um that's that's probably the final nail in the coffin, I would say. Uh, for the constructors' battle over McLaren, um, do you see any way for McLaren to get back in, even with sort of uh, some freak races?
3: You've taken the exact words out of my uh, out of my mouth there. Final <laughs> nail in the coffin. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's thirty nine and a half points now. The difference in the uh, in the constructors' championship. It was looking like you know a potential. And, you know, An outside chance of a podium, maybe for a McLaren with both Ferraris low end, low end points at best, and then you know, a couple of punches and uh, and a bit of bad luck for Lando. And all of a sudden, now that they're back into a situation where both Ferraris have outscored both McLarens, and yeah, there's with the two races that are left. I mean, even if McLaren are the, the stronger team, it, I, I can't see them getting anywhere near Ferrari now. It's it's, it's comfortable now for Ferrari. They've they've just got to just got to bring this home. Um, and uh, and push forward. Now, I have to say it's, it's a strong performance from Leclerc to end up in eight from where he started and to be so close behind his teammate, you know, so early in the race as well, given the the, the margin that Science has had on Leclerc all weekend. That was a strong performance from Leclerc. I mean, he's only it's kind of where he should be. But it's it's a good recovery from where he was to getting to where he should be. Uh, that that was quite impressive. And, uh, and and Carlos Sainz, a little bit of a little bit of an anonymous race, really, just kind of stuck behind Stroll and um, a knock on at the end there, and um, kind of making making those tires last. But uh, yeah, good, a pretty pretty strong performance there from uh, from Ferrari as a whole. Uh, given where they were, so yeah, that's as you said, done and dusted for third. So um, apparently their car for next season is finished. So um, let's let's see what that's going to be for next year. Because if it's if it's finished already, then surely they can't be optimising everything. So it looks like it will probably be reliable, but will it be ultimately fast? We're not entirely sure. So uh, yeah, it's but it's, I mean, it is all kind of starting to align for Ferrari though. Things do look like they're going in the right in the right direction. So uh, it's looking like it could be a strong year for them next year.
0: Yeah, quite encouraging uh, for Ferrari there. Uh, great team effort, as you've said, um, you know, helped by sort of who I'm moving on to next, uh, which is Lando Norris. Um, bearing in mind, he started from fourth, uh, you know, obviously promoted by the the penalties for Verstappen and Bottas, you know, that's yeah, obviously it's the dirty side of the grid, so it's not great for the getaway. And I think he didn't have too great a start, uh, Sam, but a ninth from fourth, uh, well, well, starting fourth is, is quite poor for McLaren
1: yeah um, yeah as you say uh, Lando did not have a great start I think he got a bit squeezed out um, in the first corner um, and then yeah he was running quite well up until then he was one of the last people to come in for his first stop I believe um, took the ties quite a long way and then yeah he was running kind of ahead of Perez for quite a while behind Alonso not really kind of doing much and when Perez came out for, uh, from his second stop, um, I didn't really think that uh, Perez was going to catch him, 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 let alone Alonso, before the end of the race, because Perez was like at least eight seconds behind him with the other cars to overtake as well. But then, of course, we saw a few punches happen. It looked like um, Lando got a minor puncture on his front left, which sent him into the pits. And I suppose that's all they could do really at that point is get Lando in and put some new tyres on him um, to, to eliminate, uh, limit the damage. Obviously, if they just keep him out and then he's got to do a whole lap on the, um, the ruined tire, then they're going to lose even more points. So, uh, in in the grand scheme, of things it's not it's obviously not a good result. But I don't really think they could have done much more, and as we saw, so many people were struggling in their tires today. Um, but I don't know. Maybe you kind of question his man managing the tires because, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Could, well, not really, because he was one of the last people to to come in. So I was. It's kind of surprising that his tyres were that off. The message just ran over one of the curves, the, the brace of curves which we had this weekend. So yeah, I'm not sure really. But uh, yeah, as you say, it's not a good result for McLaren. And as Tom was just saying, um, these last few races have really um, put them like in in the coffin. I'll say it again. Um, <laughs> for the uh for the for the constructors because we've seen Ferrari keep keep they keep finishing like one after the other don't they like the last three races they've just finished like fifth and sixth fifth and sixth and now like uh was it eighth and ninth this time so um no seventh and eighth um uh, so yeah but yeah bad the bad day for McLaren overall really
0: yeah um <laughs> weekend they want to put behind them yeah, uh definitely after that, uh, we have Sebastian Vettel. Now, if you were to just look at the, uh, the starting grid and then look at the race result, uh, Phil, it would um, it would seem that that was kind of a, a you know a bit of an anonymous race. But uh, I, you know, it's that that doesn't really tell the story, does it?
2: No, nah, he was uh, he had uh, started was it seventh in the race, I believe, and then there was or not so I said seventh. I said it was tenth, but I, I saw he was up there early in the race, but he had a really brutal start. And, uh, that part of that made his race, he fell down to 17th and had to tr- get through the traffic. They had to do the different pit strategies with him. Um, and, uh, so that was my mistake earlier. I thought it was strategy, but it was his bad start. Uh, but to battle back, get a top 10 finish, uh, get a double point score for the team in a weekend where you had, a only one ferrari you had one you had both one mclaren in there both Alpines are up there both alpha Tories are up there um so for aston to get both their cars into the points um good battling there um one you know the I mean, he made some good overtakes too so vettel has been up there this year in terms of the top overtakers or whatever they have that countdown they have on uh, on every week and i'm like i don't know like what it really means because nobody sees most of them because they don't show them. Uh, But, you know, I think last two races of the season, we'll see he's done well at Abu Dhabi over time in his career. Um, We'll see what the new track, where that puts the um, Aston Martin group. But I think good can, Now it's become a good point consolidation or damage. The new term for Red Bull is damage limitation seemingly when they're not doing other things or saying other incendiary things. So in this case, this is point consolidation for Aston Martin when at times this year they haven't been on pace. So they took the most out of this weekend and Vettel was able to recover after a brutal um, start to the race.
0: Yeah, um, really, really good dro- recovery drive just based on uh, yeah where he went back to where he ended up. Um, the the driver that he sort of stole the uh, that last point off um, is probably uh, someone that Alpine would have been glad he did. Um, Tom, we've got Pierre Gasly in uh, in eleventh, sorry, finishing eleventh. Uh, that's hugely disappointing, isn't it?
3: It's the worst strategy of the day, without a shadow of a doubt, and it's it's happened. Time and time again at Alpha They they just don't seem to be able to read a race. And i I, I still maintain that, that that car is is in a pocket between the Ferraris and the McLaren's and the the Aston Martins and the Alpines. And how they're not now it looks pretty certain they're not going to finish fifth in the championship. And how that happens is just begs belief because Pierre Gasly is driving the wheels off that car. If there was somebody anywhere near as good as Pierre Gasly in the other car and the strategy team just did the minimum. They went for the average strategy that was that was not positive, not negative, just went straight down the line. That team would be would be comfortable uh behind Ferrari and ahead of Alpine and Aston Martin, behind McLaren sorry and ahead of Alpine and Aston Martin in the constructors. That fifth place would be absolutely nailed on, and they could even potentially be pushing the uh, pushing McLaren as well. But it's it's just been it's just been horrendous all season. There's been I would say out out of the what 20 races we've had so far, there's probably been eight races that have been negatively affected by AlphaTauri's strategy, and it's happened again today. That guy was sitting there in in third place, fourth place. Yeah, he was he was in a fight with Alonso, and then first guy in the pits. And when they know the undercut's not going to be strong, committing to a two-stop incredibly early before you know what's happening. And then the guy that was originally scheduled for a one-stop had been looking after his tyres and was sh- sh- on for a one-stop, got a puncture, fortunate enough to get back into the pits in time to then go for a sub-optimal two-stop strategy, drives past him with fresher tyres like he's not even there. It just goes to show how bad that strategy was from, from Alfa that that Norris could be so far ahead of him. On a suboptimal strategy when they were when they were behind him on the road before he made his first stop, it's just not good enough from Torre. Pierre Gasly has done nothing wrong at all today. He's stuck up in traffic. It took him five laps to get past the Hasses. Then he's up behind the Al- the Alpha Romeos, and his his strategy is completely gone. Norris comes in after his first stop, and he's just behind Gasly. You know, it's just uh, how is that supposed to be? How is that supposed to be a strategy that's optimal for for the race? And it isn't. And it's just it's I just I want Gasly to be in a car that can. That can show off what he can do that, you know, in a position where he can actually get results that he's deserving of rather than just constantly being shuffled back out of contention where he shouldn't be. So, yeah, I never expected to have a massive rant about Gasly because he's not even my favourite driver, to be honest. So, But yeah, that's just I I don't like to see people getting getting screwed like that. And he is being screwed on a weekly basis by that team at the moment.
0: I was going to say there was a there was a lot of talk at the start of the race of uh, if uh, Metz Verstappen came up against a fairly rapid Pierre Gasly uh, would he be conveniently pitted out of the way uh, so that he would just so that he wouldn't take any points away from uh, from the great and mighty Max uh, that's for you cynics out there to debate uh, after that we've got Daniel Ricciardo um, he's started fourteenth and he's ended twelfth uh, Sam um, I think based on the way the car is it wasn't going particularly well so that's is, is that a good result? Uh,
1: um, well, unlike Tom, I'm 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 very I'm struggling to find much to say about um, and your Ricardo here. Unlike um, <laughs> um, Tom with Gasly a second ago, um, yeah, it's it's kind of another one of these weekends that he's had this season where he's been kind of anonymous. Um, qualifying, not a good performance, really. I know the car is it's probably not at the best it's been also se- as as it has been at the points of the season. Of course, he has got that race win, um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, it's, yeah it, I don't know what it is with Danny Rick. He just he seems to have a few good races where he's like, oh yeah, he's he's really in tune with the car now. He's gonna he's gonna shoot up to the level that he has been in the past with like Renault and Red Bull and whatever. And then he has these other weekends where he's just he just falls down the pack. You don't really know what he's doing. Um, and then yeah, he doesn't he doesn't go through the pack at all. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of kind of hard to find much to say about him really. I mean, he did he did he did a one stop. Um, so that's and when you start as far down as he did, then that's a very good strategy to do. But he just didn't seem to have the pace to really uh, maximise it and get up into the points like some of the other one stop runners did. And that maybe just shows the, the pace of the McLaren around this track perhaps. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it just seems like the McLaren's really taken a bit of a downturn in the last few races in terms of his overall pace. Uh, well, and they had David Beckham in the garage today. That didn't do that didn't really do anything for him, did it? Really, you think maybe yeah, uh, someone like that with his pedigree? I don't know. Maybe maybe get motivated or something. But um, yeah, no, not a, not a good day for Ricardo really in McLaren overall, as we said. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, uh, no star power to help uh, yeah. <laughs> help McLaren at all. Uh didn't, yeah. re- didn't really work out for them. Um, next, we've got uh, kind of yeah, we've got Yuki Tsunoda. Um, not a terrible race. First guy to pit, and uh, it just kind of it really didn't work out for him. You know, he started eighth, and he's finished thirteenth, and it's you know, I, I imagine I imagine Phil it's probably going to be a similar story to what happened to Gasly here.
2: I can't follow uh, Tom's rant on Pierre Gasly and the horrible. Um, Alphatori strategy all I can say is it's Alpha Tori for you. when you have two cars in the top 10, you've generally had pace all weekend and you figured out a way to not only get beat ep- beat in down um, old country way by by Alpine who goes and gets a podium and you're you, I mean you come into this race tied in points with Alpine. In the constructors with a legitimate chance to take that lead going two races to go. And now you've knocked yourself right out of it with horrible um, strategy. Um, you know that it was going to be harder for Sonoda to recover he did make some overtakes later in the race but of course he's he's younger he's still learning but he's not making as many mistakes as he was earlier in the year so for that that's a positive the net negative though is if you're going to lose positions on the start which it seems to be a regular trend for him too it's going to be hard to make up places and then you give bad strategy on top of it and it's an unfortunate um, result there but the cars in one piece you have two races to go in his rookie year likely rookie of the year um you know by default basically but still um at least get through these next two races going to a new track again in two weeks time will po- possibly give an advantage for him uh like this weekend was prior to the race i think alpha Touris race pace is a is a big problem but considering where we're at in the year it may just be that's what they have and they don't really care um but you left a lot of points on the table to be fair the way this race um played out um there was a lot of opportunity there and alpha tori basically took it out of the hands of their drivers very early um and left with nothing you know which is money too at the end of the year when it comes to the constructor standings
0: Yeah, luckily um, Alphatoria are in this sort of privileged position where they don't have to worry too much about the uh, what the accountants say. Um, after that, we have uh, we have Kimi Räikkönen who shot up into the uh, into the into the sort of uh, I guess top three of most overtakes of the year. Um, but at this point, it doesn't really mean anything, does it, Tom?
3: No and um, I've just become the uh, the first person ever to click on the crypto.com for, Formula one overtake awards website uh, just to check on the standings and uh, it's it's got Lance Stroll and Kimi Raikkonen tied on 107 overtakes. Um can can anyone name any of them? Cuz I I don't ever remember Kimi Raikkonen making an overtake this season or <laughs> there's certainly uh, not particularly. He's just one of the most in, he's in the anonymous team at the back that just don't that just don't they must have like really annoyed the uh, the broadcasters or something because they just never show them. Even when they have decent races, they never really show them. But it's 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 Alfa Romeo. It's Kimi Raikkonen, and he's he's seeing out his last couple of races uh, until until he. Drifts off into obscurity again, and uh, and we never hear from him again because he doesn't like being in the media. So yeah, it's 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 fine. You know, it, it was an okay performance <laughs> in the end, apparently. But again, we never see it because we never do. Because I mean, we are getting a great championship fight, and that's fantastic to see. But sometimes I just wish that they would focus a little bit more on the midfield battles and the and the battles at the back of the track. They don't, we don't need to see Lewis Hamilton driving around the track for thirty laps. Um, or Max Verstappen driving around for thirty laps. You know, it's, last season we we saw some amazing midfield battles because Hamilton was out there on its own, and the, the the battles with Ferrari and McLaren and 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 Racing Point and everything going through was really great to see and brought a lot of attention to those teams that don't normally get a lot of TV time. And because the title battle's been so good this year, rightly so, you know, a lot of the focus has been on those front drivers, but. That we don't have to sit there watching them every single lap. We can go. We can go back, and you know, you can if you want to have that little on on the scoreboard, the little little tiny window that's got you know Lewis Hamilton driving around, and or switch between him and Verstappen. That's fine. Do that. People can still see it, but then focus on the action because we're seeing some great battles that just well we just don't see them. You know, unless you've got. Sometimes the races for me, the most exciting thing about the races is me sitting there watching the watching the live timing, working out the like today. I was working out the gap with uh, with uh, Norris and Gasly for about twenty minutes and say, yeah, he's still got a pit window. He's still got pit window. Yep, two stop is definitely the wrong way to go. And but they, we don't get any of that. And you know, I don't want to see loads and loads of AWS graphics all over the screen all the time. But sometimes just do a little bit more to to help the viewer. See the full picture of the race, because this is why people say F1 is boring sometimes, because you have a race like this, that the battle for the lead was never really a battle. We knew as soon as we got down to turn one, who was going to win that race, realistically, barring puncture or virtual safety car at the wrong time or reliability, we always knew who was going to win that race. But there were some good battles panning out, which we hardly ever saw. And I know this isn't really relating to Kimi Raikkonen because he didn't really have any battles. But it's a good opportunity to ever to say, look, these teams need to get more TV time because they're just not getting it, and it's just a little frustrating. And for what from such a great season, it would be, it would just. It would just be great if we could just see a little bit more of these battles towards the back there, because this this is a reason why that they don't see the value in re-signing people like Antonio Giovinazzi and 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 people like that, because they they just never see them on TV and they're not they're not worth it for the team to take a risk on because they're not exciting because no one ever sees them. But uh, yeah, to ask me what Raikkonen did today. I have absolutely no idea. I think I saw him once, and that was it. Yeah, the it's only time point, I you, remember, yeah,
1: sorry, the only time I remember seeing him on screen was when he was. I can't remember who he was fine against, but he was coming up behind someone at the turn one and then they did a really late move to the left and he had to jerk to the left
3: pretty quickly. I, I yes, yeah, so no see, I seem to remember one it moment was... he was either being overtaken or overtaking someone. I yeah. remember seeing him once, I think, and that was it. But I don't remember who that was overtaking. No, no I me mean,
1: neither. I oh. It might, oh no, it was, um, it was Latifi. I remember yes, that. It was yeah, yeah, Latifi. yeah, it was, yeah. All uh, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Tom. Another
3: very. This is the episode which yeah, Tom to is rants. on fire. Just going to rants, <laughs>
0: so yeah. So we'll I need just, to do. I need to do zero prep more often. <laughs> <laughs> just just do rants every time you come on. Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, it's a good point you make, Tom, because we don't need to see. It reminds you. It reminds. I'm assuming it reminds you guys of the uh, of the Schumacher years, where you just see one car one car in block colour go around some some new circuit for uh, for for 50 laps. And we don't need to see nine-second gaps. Like, we don't need to see how many cars are out between Max <laughs> Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. Uh, and it's, you know what, I would say that, I'll make a point. It's probably more TV time if you have a crash at this point. Like, the Latifi probably got more TV time than, than yeah than Kimi Räikkönen did the entire time mm. he, was on, he was in the thing.
2: It paid more to go and blow a tyre than it did to to actually just be driving around, which is like NASCAR almost it's the same kind of thing so it's kind of interesting how that works I mean it is you know Liberty media and maybe they're taking similar pages from uh, the American broadcast when it comes to NASCAR and when they're only showing the leader but uh, I mean I'm I'm a fan of who the guy who won but still I would have rather seen a battle because the midfield battle is interesting I would like to know what the heck Alpha Tori was doing today I would like to know, what what was going on with McLaren, you know, that would have been a more there would have more intrigue in that because Ferraris, you know, like Ferrari has made this move. Okay, go and talk to somebody at Ferrari. You have you have Kravitz there. I mean, like give us some other stories. Give us some something to chew on while we know what's gonna happen. It would be a novel concept. And we're getting to the end of the year anyway, and these these teams, you know, gave us some more human interest kind of bits. Um, considering these people that are going out to the racetrack and preparing these cars for these teams are really having to do more than they ever have. Um, that would be more interesting than most of the race was to be fair.
1: Yeah. Yeah. uh, There was another time as well when, um, there's another TV direction thing. It's like, I can't remember. I know it's another battle. I can't remember who it was. And then, then. Someone gets past, and then they cut away to the, the crowd. Someone cheering in the crowd, and then we've either with Perez getting past somebody, and then and then someone then they cut away to the crowd, people cheering, and then then we look, and then whoever it was is trying to get past back Perez again. We haven't seen it because we're seeing someone in the crowd celebrating something that doesn't even matter because the battle's still going on. So why are they cutting away to something else?
0: I believe it was Ocon, which is probably one of the battles of the, uh, of the, of the race, to be honest. Exactly. Mind. He was so the why first are guy we... to actually defend it. So
1: why are we not seeing it? Why are we watching someone in the crowd? wow God. I don't know. I don't know.
2: And I love the whole uh, the whole bit where Fernando's like, tell Esteban to battle like a lion or whatever the heck he said. And then he fell over like a freaking dead horse when, when Sergio Perez got to him. So that was, that was great. That was the absolute opposite of what Fernando Alonso did in defending.
0: Still better than Boss. Still better than Barthes. Better than Barthes. <laughs> well, it's, it's at anything is year. better
2: than Valtteri Bottas at this point. Let's, we haven't even gotten to him, but that my goodness, I mean, he's going to be the nondescript Finn in the alpha Romeo next year. So we'll, we'll get to say, oh, we only saw him once today. Okay. Um, and then Guan yuzhou will probably do like Yuki Sonoda stuff and crash for like the first few races. And then he'll just be nondescript, just like Giovinazzi. So we'll see how that whole thing works next year.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of Valtteri Bottas, the person he's replacing next year, uh, we've got Antonio Giovinazzi next. Um, I'm sure that's not exactly how it works out, but, uh, but Sam, that's this is this is almost exactly why uh, yeah. he's being replaced because you've got Kimi Räikkönen, who admittedly did start one place above above him, but one's the one's the new guy who should have a lot of promise, uh, and the other guy is a guy on his last leg on the last legs. So that's a bit unfair to Räikkönen, but you know, seeing out his F1 career. That's uh, that's it, you know, do you reckon Giovinazzi cares anymore?
1: <laughs> um no (laughs) I wouldn't (laughs) if I'd just been told oh yeah you're being you're being uh you're being let go mate sorry thanks for your your hard work over the last three years you know see you later best of your future endeavors but we're bringing in a Chinese driver who brings a lot more money than you so sling your hook. but um yeah and yeah Giovinazzi I mean he's got his he's got his driving Formula E lined up already hasn't he so I think he's Probably just thinking, yeah, whatever. It's over now. We'll Just do these last couple of races, and into the sunset he goes. And yeah, as you say, it's it's kind of been the story of his whole time in F1. We've not really seen what he can do because he's been in one of the worst cars on the grid consistently for the whole time he's been in the, in the sport. And that's and it, oh, yeah, it's comes kind of back to what Tom was saying about the TV direction. We don't we just don't see what Alfa Romeo are doing ever. Like the other, I remember in. In, when it was like, when 2018, when Charles Leclerc was in the car, I remember when we saw we saw we saw quite a lot of him that year. But ever since then, just now, AlphaTauri has been on really downward spiral in general. And now they're well, they're going to be beaten by Williams this um, this season. And is they only being saved from being last by by Haas? And obviously Haas are their own their own sad story, aren't they? Really so. Yeah, yeah, Giovanni. Another race down. You know, that's it. That's all I've got to say on that. Really, it's hard to say anything else about him, Really, I do feel a bit sorry for him. And he, yeah, he's gonna. The Italian Jesus is gonna be missed for sure. I
0: think. Yeah, it's a bit difficult to say too much about the back of the grid, but um, it's okay. Yeah, in general. Because in general, yeah,
2: it's okay because Mick Schumacher was 16th. Phil. <laughs> they, they even interviewed him. They had. Ed Jensen and Damon and whatever Simon interviewed him and he fancied he actually said he fancied their chances against the Alfa Romeos today and uh, you know he showed up for whatever it's worth uh, for what that piece of garbage he has to drive every week is I mean the fact that he finished ag- ahead of a couple cars um, is nice and um, Generally, but, you know, like when you come into this whole year has been a nightmare scenario for him, but, you know, to finish only one lap down in this race, um, comprehensively beat your teammate, not only in qualifying, but in the race, I mean, that's really all you can say. Um, it's data, learning new circuits, getting more experience, hoping that. Haas in some way, shape, or form is going to bring a car that can actually compete um, in some way next year Uh, because I feel like Williams um, is going to take a step forward Um, even with the driver change to Alex Albon. I feel like they're in a much better scenario than either the Sauber, Alfa Romeo team or the Haas team, but we will see. But credit to Mick keeping it clean. I mean, he did have one uh, very um, sketchy um, re-entry onto the track on the next last corner when he went off. I forget who he was about to chop off there in the process, but that was kind of sketchy. I thought it was Mazepin when I saw it, but then it was actually Mick. So that was kind of uh, a bit argy-bargy, kind of dodgy maneuvering. But then I guess he's been watching too many videos of his teammate driving. Yeah, um,
0: Alonzo that he cut up on the when he came
2: on track. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: um, after that we've got uh we've got. It's not his fault in some ways that he's ended up where he is. Um, but uh, unfortunately the the Williams didn't have too much pace anyway. Uh, it's George Russell in seventeenth. Um, again, he's just kind of seeing out the year really. But uh, it's it's a shame to assume that Williams go backwards uh, as it has in the last few races.
3: Uh, yeah, I have a bit of a theory with George Russell in that um, that he doesn't want to be risking himself um, for the rest of the season, putting his life on the line in a car that's not going to improve. When he's you know for no reason, they've got eighth place. He's going to finish where he is in the constructors. So I, I think he's he's not phoning it in as such. He's still racing, but he's racing to enjoy himself. He's not gonna he's not gonna push himself out of that envelope where he's been putting you know the car on that edge, absolutely sometimes beyond the edge. Uh, he's he's done his job for the season and the worst thing that could happen now I know it's a slightly different scenario but the worst thing that could happen to George now is what happened to Robert Kubica. you know he's he's got that um he's got that deal signed in for the top team ready for the next season then he goes off rallying and then ends up having an accident and ruining his career so i, I i'm not saying like that would have happened because again he's still racing in formula 1 and if you if you can't race in formula 1 then you probably shouldn't be in formula 1 so it's not that he's he's just not trying but he's certainly not Putting that that extra X factor amount in there because Latifi has definitely been closer to him in the last few uh, in the last few races. He seemed to have a have a lot more for Latifi um, than Latifi at this race. But I think partially that's down to just the natural gap in talent and the fact that. Neither of them have been at this track before, so just the cream will rise when there's no experience deficit. As Latifi's got more experience; he's got better, but Russell has just got that natural talent that just keeps him a way ahead of way ahead of uh, Latifi. Um, but yeah, again, didn't see a lot from him today. He had had the puncture, and um, which kind of ruined his race, but he still finished ahead of one driver who didn't have a problem. So, uh, you, I guess you could say that's an achievement. Uh, <laughs> That's that's it really again. Uh George just kind of again, just ticking over till the end of the season. But uh I mean it's been a good season for him, so we, we just we shouldn't judge these last few races, him on these last few races, we should judge him on what he did at the first two thirds of the season, because that's what's really made his season and that's what's made him deserve that that seat. Yeah, 100 percent
0: Um I don't want to go too hard on Nikki must have been here because obviously the car is a bit terrible. Um you know, it's, it's got to be difficult knowing that you're going to be last you know, every week. Um, but, you know, he got 18th, didn't he, Sam?
1: <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he finished the race. Um, finished the race. 55 laps he completed out of 57. Um, I'm sure he's done worse than that this year. I mean, he's only two laps down.
0: Um, it yeah. does kind of seem that he's been negatively affected significantly <laughs> more at this track than any, than any other, I would say.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there was one, well, I mentioned it before we went live, but um, there was one point I saw, I no idea what happened was, um, he was like a minute and, I don't know, 15 seconds behind Mick. I don't know. And yeah, it's, it's just another, another indictment as to how kind of far off the pace he is in general. I mean, he's only shown, he's shown flashes this year of having a somewhat, decent control of the car i mean one one good performance i remember out him was Monaco. i believe i think he drove relatively well there in in the car that's obviously terrible but um yeah there's not much more to really say with uh with um as a pin, i guess he's, he's going to be there next year will the car be any better i mean you'd hope you'd hope so because they've they've kind of put all their all their um What's that saying? Or well, they're eggs into one basket with the uh, next year with them um, not um, not really developing the car for this year at all. So yeah, it's, uh, it's another it's another weekend for Mazepin to get more experience, I guess, and try and get on more of the pace of his teammate and the rest of the group Obviously, it's very difficult in a car as a dog.
0: So. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, clearly. Uh it's, 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 seeing out the rest of the season. Maybe yeah. maybe 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 uh maybe Jeddah and uh yeah. you know, <laughs> I we suit them better.
1: It's like um it's like they're at the what's that sport where they say they're at they're at they're at the beaches already. Is that football where they say they're already like What's that? I can't remember what sport it is, but they, they're okay, have go, me yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. but they're, they're at the beach. He's at the beach already. He's kind of just thinking like, oh, yeah, the season's done, maybe. You know? but, uh, but, yeah. Uh, don't, uh, I'll move on. Move on. I oh, enough <laughs> stuff to say no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Last driver, trying to put an intrigue to the, uh, yeah. to the proceedings of the race is Nicholas Satifi, <laughs> Phil. Um, now... I, do you think maybe you know it's kind of the same with George Russell as well that Williams have actually pushed this strategy a bit too hard, trying to do that one stop, and um, and they've kind of snookered themselves into quite bad results here.
2: I mean, it's possible. I think what Tom was saying in regards to George makes a lot of sense. Uh, in the case of Latifi, I mean, what are you really racing for? You're not going to get a point. Um, you you are trying to, I guess, get the best result you can. In their mind, they thought a one-stop was going to be that result, but other teams were starting to go on to the two-stop strategy. I mean, even uh, Sergio Perez was called in in an opportune way to go into a two-stop, and he maximized what he could given the circumstances. In the sense of you go and, and give yourself your best result, it might have made more sense for Latifi to come in, take another stop. I don't think the gaps were so bad. I mean maybe uh, it was a case of they didn't feel like he was going to be able to make up the gap. I don't know. But having a damaged race car and having to go and retire it from the race is worse than, you know, having to make an extra pit stop, honestly. And Latifi um you know wants to finish the season well and get some good momentum going into 22 with a new car and a new teammate you would assume, but, you know, I guess it is what it is for Williams. They made their year a few months ago with all those results with George and the Q3 performances, and um, once that happened, I think Williams' year was really done in a lot of ways, and and once George was signed, I think that really was the last thing nailed for them to where they were going to start focusing on 2022, so it's really about, preservation and safety more than, um, results at the end of this, uh, season for them.
0: Yeah. Um, you mentioned preservation and safety there. Um, now bookending the list of runners, uh, is Valtteri Bottas. He retired the car on lap 48. Um, a few, just a few laps from the end. Um, now, in my opinion, I think once they, sort of once they've realized that Bottas wasn't going forwards uh, with the damage off, off the initial puncture, um, which beforehand he was actually in fairly good position, I would say. Um, Tom, do you think that, you know, leaving him out that long and then retiring him just the same anyway, uh, was really the best move strategically from a power unit perspective. I mean, um, or do you think maybe they should have, like I say, once they realized he wasn't going to go any forwards, should have just retired him, uh, and, uh, allowed him to sort of live to fight another day, uh, when it comes to the, to the championship.
3: Well I mean he's got more power units in the pool than anyone else so I don't think there's there's any issue with with wearing in that sense and uh, I think they'll be saving their best their best engine for the last two races so uh, um I don't think there's an issue with that sense I was surprised when they did retire him when they did because um either you know you retire him straight away as you said um or um or you keep him out until the end knowing that Verstappen would likely. I mean, he didn't know what was going to happen with the virtual safety cars and stuff. But you know, the likelihood is that Verstappen would have had at least a pit stop gap back, so he would be going for the fastest lap. And if they'd have kept Bottas there, they could have boxed him um, from last if needed, um, and then uh, and then stopped him for the fastest lap to take it away from Verstappen, like they did last time out. So it's. Um, it was surprising, but the only thing I can think is that there was floor damage to that car, and and that he wouldn't have had the pace for fastest lap, especially with Verstappen in the end coming in for softs. So I don't, th- I think it probably hasn't actually cost them anything in the end. But you know they weren't to know that. Um, his race, though, I, I was, I was, he's very unlucky. I know. Obviously, they they probably just pushed it a little too far on those tyres. But he, apart from the early phases where he couldn't he couldn't overtake those few cars. Um, once he did get into get, get ahead of those cars and into, into clear air, I think he had the pace for the podium quite comfortably. I think he was going to sit there in that gap behind Verstappen on a one-stop strategy and then mess with Verstappen's racer so that he couldn't he couldn't make that that late stop for a, for a tyre change for the fastest lap. So. Um, it's ended up quite costly for for Mercedes in the constructors championship battle that he's had that puncture, uh, which is a shame. Um, and I do feel sorry for him because I feel sorry for everyone who got a grid penalty um, for the start of this race because you know that the yellow flag was on, the yellow flag was off, there was double wave yellows, there were single wave yellows, and it was all so so late on. Uh, I just I don't understand why Sainz didn't get a penalty and Bottas did just because Bottas was slightly faster. You know clearly science didn't back off. so I just feel like he's had a bit of a bit of a bad run of it this weekend. He's had all the bad luck, and that's really been the the kind of the the story of his career with mercedes the, His bad luck has just kind of followed him. Uh, he's been the one that's had the bad luck. It's been very occasionally, has it has it been on Lewis's side? And you could say that you make your own luck in, in Formula One, but uh, it just seems to be slightly disproportionately on Bottas's side. I don't say for one moment that if he'd have had all of the luck that he would have still won a world championship because I don't think he would have done. But it's certainly, he's not as bad as the points table makes out. Definitely not. So uh, I feel a little bit sorry for Valtteri Bottas today, which is uh, something that I don't normally do. But today I definitely do.
0: Yeah, and with battery the sort of in the books, that wraps up proceedings. Um, I just want to go around your driver of the day. Really, uh, I'll start with you, Sam. Who do you think was uh, a driver of the day?
1: Um, it's the no, um, yeah, no, actually, Fan, yeah, Fernando Alonso. Actually, I think it's quite easy for me. Um, very, well, okay. First of all, awesome to see him back on the podium for the first time, in second uh, seven years. Um, Great to see Alpine up there as well. Um, Yeah, took uh, took the tires very long way to the end. Could have easily have got a puncher, but managed to keep him out of the of the puncher range. Um, Maybe got a tad lucky with the VSC keeping Perez back because I didn't notice the Perez was um, after the VSC was kind of almost on the last kind of lap of running. He was like two seconds behind Alonso, so. Another lap he might have gotten, but still, a lot of fantastic drive from Alonso to get get an Alpine on the podium when the Red Bulls and Mercedes are, are miles miles quicker than than yeah, yeah, just Fernando Alonso for me.
2: And you, Phil? Yeah, I I agree with Sam on uh, Fernando Alonso. It's one of his best weekends he's had in his return, and I think the new track and. The way the VA yeah, had to drive it, all that the car was there for him. It might be a positive sign for the next race as well, uh, being at a new circuit. Uh, but yeah, I think Fernando Alonso was the guy. Uh, this race uh, took took advantage of his move up in position and made the most of his day. And unlike other teams, I weren't able to make the one stop work. He was able to make the one stop work and get his first podium in seven years. <laughs>
3: uh, you, Tom? Uh, yeah, I, I think for once, the um, the fans got it right on Drive of the Day, uh, although only 28% of them voted for Alonso, so I'd love to know who the other who, who the other um, 72% or 62% actually voted for, because... Uh, uh, it, it Max seems, are stopping. Was, oh, okay. Um, okay, fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: um, it's... it's, it's, it's uh, <laughs> It's uh, yeah. It, he's I, well. I said earlier about the the fact that you go to a new track and then the uh, the the general uh the, the talent shows through, and that's that's the case here. You know, he's obviously a talented driver. He he has blown a little hot and cold this year, but on the uh, as a whole, generally, when Alpine have been decent, he's performed. You know, he's he's well ahead of his teammate in the championship, and his teammate very fortuitously won a race. So that's that just shows how much. You know at how much class a um, you know a driver in his 40s against a young charger has got. So no, it's uh, it's probably his best race of the season, I think, and um, certainly his uh, his best performance I've seen from him in in a few years. So uh, going back to the old uh, the McLaren days of that was my best ever race. You know that he would say every race. It's um, certainly back back up there with with those performances. No, I completely agree, Fernando Alonso for driver of the day as well.
0: I'm going to butt the trend here, and I'm not going to go with like Fernando Alonso. I'm going to go with Charles Leclerc because I think that was pretty good to get from thirteenth to uh, to eighth. Um, that's you know that's obviously not great from science ahead of him, but I think Charles Leclerc did an excellent job, and uh, and he's part and parcel of the reason why I don't see I don't see McLaren getting anywhere near Ferrari at this point. When, uh, and to me, it was it was McLaren's it was clearly McLaren's to lose. Uh, the, you know that that third place in the in the constructors championship and, um, and now it's sort of, it's, you know, it's better luck like next year for them. Uh, that's who I'm going with. Um, So we are, just to come to the end of the show, uh, we're now available on Verbal as well as Amazon Music, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Omni Studio, and Pocket Cast. Just search F1 Grid Talk. Uh, We have a large cutback catalog of shows of over 150 episodes now, including interviews with Mario Isola. So I'm sure those will be good to look back on uh, based on the uh, failures we had today. uh, even though it might be the uh, the team's fault, to be honest, um, and we have retrospective pieces also on Tiregate and uh, and Senna. Um, if you're still stuck to do uh, stuff for what to do between shows, then uh, hopefully my lovely guests here will be able to uh, take it away and uh, and tell you where to find them. Um, uh, Phil, where can we find you?
2: Uh, you can find the gripster podcast basically anywhere there are podcasts, like Apple. Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Pandora, um, et cetera, et cetera. We talk about Formula One. We talk about motorsports here in the U.S. As long as it goes fast, generally, we talk about it on the Grip Strip podcast. And uh, Josh and I talk about all that. And we talk about the uh, NFL, other sports, uh, depending on the time and day. So, um, yep. It's a good show. We're 80 plus episodes in trying to we'll get to 100 next year, but uh, it's a good time. So thanks for uh, having us on here again this week on Grid Talk, as always.
0: It's a
3: pleasure to have you. Uh, Tom, where can we find you? So I'm on uh, the Monkey Seats, which is uh, at Monkey Seat Pod on the socials, monkeyseatpod.com. Uh, we cover, uh, similar to Phil's, we uh, we cover a lot of motorsport. We tend to focus more on the European-based formulas, but we do cover IndyCar as well. Uh, dabble in things like Extreme E&W Series and uh, and I do enjoy talking about the, the Junior Formula as well. But uh, predominantly Formula 1, especially at the moment, given everything else is shut down. Um, again, me and Carl, uh, just two mates having a laugh. Talking about things quite low key. A uh, couple of hot takes. Um, he's the idiot. I'm the expert. And uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's how we go about our uh, our racing, similar similar to the Alpha technique, actually.
0: <laughs> that's excellent. He's the idiot. I'm uh, I'm the expert. I need to uh, I need to steal that. Um, <laughs> Sam, can we find you anywhere?
1: Um... No, I don't have a big. <laughs> I don't have a, I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> Just check these other guys out. <laughs> That's all I'd say.
0: Oh, I've really. Sure, like I've backed you into a corner there. Don't worry Sorry, about that. So,
1: uh, I should probably get off my ass and do actually do a podcast or something else I'm interested in. Maybe something to do with history. Maybe I'm not sure, but I'd have to actually put some effort into it.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, if you're still stuck, for, like if you're stuck even after that. Uh, after listening to these two great shows uh check out our subreddit f1 grid talk to give us suggestions on what we can do to improve the show and perhaps to subscribe to our patreon for mics lights and better recording equipment for our presenters particularly at this time of year where you can't really front light yourself off windows and uh <laughs> it gets a bit sort of incandescent in here um we will be back i believe next sunday is uh is sunday or monday for, to preview the uh saudi arabian grand prix much as it pains me to do so um But thank you very much for watching, and goodbye.